welcome to another episode of the Let's Sip podcast, the podcast we pontificate on all things craft beer. I'm your host, Brandon E. Gaylor, and perhaps this week I should be saying the podcast where we usually pontificate on all things craft beer. We're going to take a little bit of a detour from craft beer for this episode, so if you're specifically looking for beer talk, I will see you in the next one. We recently had an ice storm in Austin, Texas, and we are currently under a boil water notice. Uh, For the second day, we are under a boil water notice. Um, So this morning, I was looking for a cup of coffee, and it proved to be a little bit of a hunt. Uh, The Starbucks was closed. The ones closer to downtown was closed yesterday. That's actually how I found out about the boil water notice. And the Starbucks near where I live was closed this morning. It was also closed during the uh, icy day, icy storm days as well, a couple days last week. So um, it's been ironic that the amount for the amount of time that Starbucks has been closed, because they're usually always open every day. And um, this is the second day of the boil water notice, and we really aren't sure exactly when the notice will expire. Uh, everybody's thinking maybe one more day or perhaps tomorrow it's supposed to possibly end, but we shall, sh- we shall see. But as of this morning, I was going and looking for a cup of coffee, so I had to go to a few different coffee shops. I kind of made a little bit of an experiment out of it. Um, further down the street, there's an independent coffee shop. I always like going to an independent coffee shop, too. I like to mix it up. I do like Starbucks. I will. I'm a, I'm a Starbucks defendant for sure. Uh, I actually do even own stock in Starbucks, so uh, I believe in the company. I like their product. Uh, I think they're, uh, I just like the company. So uh, I do like Starbucks, but I also like hitting up independent coffee shops as well for a little bit of a different spin on flavors. And uh, sometimes you just, you'll just find a, a, a different uh, and sometimes even better cup of coffee at like an independent coffee purveyor. And of course, it's always good to support a local business. So I stopped in one that's a little bit away from the Starbucks. And uh, uh, they they seemed to be open, so I went inside and there was a little bit of a line. And I was curious exactly as how they were uh, adapting to the boil water notice, since they're a coffee shop and of course they need water to make coffee. Well, I noticed that they were washing the dishes, like the metal cups and whatnot that they actually would use to make drinks, like the milk steam cups or whatever that they would use to uh, put the milk in to, to use on the steamer on the espresso machine. I noticed they were washing all that stuff in just the sink, just a regular old sink, so it looked like they were using straight up tap water, which I didn't think was such a great idea. So once I saw that, I got out of the line. I didn't stick around. Like, that doesn't seem like something they ought to be doing. Um, So I proceeded on down the street to see if I could find another coffee shop. And on my walk, I actually flirted with stopping off at a convenience store and uh, picking up a bottled or canned coffee product. I was thinking maybe that would just be the safer way to go. But I kind of changed my mind. I figured, you know what? I'm going to go into a different place or I'm going to find another coffee shop that might be open. I'm just going to straight up ask them, like, what are you guys doing about the boil water notice? Like, how are you operating even though there's a boil water notice going on? 
So um, I kind of made it a little bit of an experiment out of it and kind of uh, test my courage. Sometimes I'm a little bit socially awkward, more of an introvert. So being able to ask about this when I went into place would kind of help me in just being a little more assertive, I guess. So uh, I put the idea of getting a canned or, or prepackaged coffee product out of my mind for the time being. And I proceeded to another coffee shop and I did find another one that was open. So when I went up to order, I did ask. I'm like, what are you guys doing about the uh, the boil water notice that's going on right now? And the gentleman behind the counter said that they were actually using an outside water source, which is why they didn't have, um, which they only had a couple of coffee selections at that point and time. Uh, I believe this was around maybe 10.30ish, something like that. And uh, they only had like an iced coffee and uh, their special product, which is like a combination of a dip, like some hazelnut and uh, mocha, perhaps, and some sweetener and something like that. So um, I was kind of looking for a hot cup of coffee because it was a little bit chilly this morning. But I figured um, I liked the upfrontness of the dude. And he was he level with me and gave me the info. So. I went with their their uh, their their blended product mix that they had with the hazelnut and the mocha. And now I'm not usually a big sweet coffee guy. Like I'm not gonna hit up and get like a frappuccino or even like a mocha coffee usually when I go to get a coffee. I'm I'm really looking for that coffee flavor mostly. So I'm usually either gonna go with like a drip coffee, or if I'm gonna go for something a little bit bigger. Uh, usually my drink of choice these days is an americano. And to boot, he also told me that they were getting their water from uh, Austin Beer Garden Brewing, which, of course, I've talked about on previous episodes and is uh, probably, I would say probably right now it's my favorite Austin brewery. Um, not may, Maybe not just because of the beer alone, all the beer, although the beer is exceptional, but just the environment and uh, the layout of the place and their large art, outdoor patio, it's probably probably going to be my favorite local brewery spot as of right now. And if you do not know, breweries are great sources for water because water plays such a key role in beer as much as it does um, coffee. Well, probably probably even more so when it comes to actually beer. It's one of the four main ingredients of beer. And um, breweries also have boiling tanks as well. So basically, they can boil they can easily boil large quantities of water they're doing it anyway when they're getting ready to um, make wort and in the preparation and making of beer so they are a huge source of water um, that they, they played a huge role last year uh, last year in the uh, large snowstorm that Austin had uh, breweries were huge because the the boil water ban actually stretched on for quite some time. And breweries, breweries in the uh, in the city were helping their local communities and people in their neighborhood. People were coming and uh, filling up with water at breweries. There were several breweries uh, helping out in that regard. So breweries are can be a huge source of water, and they are often very keen on helping out during those times. And uh, this appears to be the case. This year as well, since they said they were getting their water from uh, uh, ABGB. So that was very interesting to hear.
And basically when a boil water notice comes through, this might sound like simple when I say it, but basically that means you should not drink, consume water, or use water to wash like dishes and things you would eat off of without boiling it first. Because um, the quality level is just not where it quite should be for like potable drinkable water. And um, you may think, well, if you're making a cup of coffee, that the, the water is going to get real hot, like even inside like a coffee maker or a coffee machine. Uh, I think the issue here becomes that uh, even as for as hot as the water in a coffee machine gets, it's questionable as to whether it actually gets to the point of boiling. If I had to guess, that's what I would say is the concern is that uh, coffee makers will get water really hot, but I don't really know exactly if it would be considered uh, full-on boiling or to the point where it needs to be heated to kill any sort of bacteria or germs that might be in the water. And smaller coffee shops can probably manage using a different water source for a couple of days. But where like a place like Starbucks, they do so much business and they make so much coffee, uh, especially with like mobile orders these days, such a such a huge business with uh, uh, quick in and out and drink after drink after drink that they just don't have the ability to use an outside water source. It'd be it'd be counterproductive. They just could not supply that much independent water. They're basically just running the tap water because. That, like I said, they just do so much business. So that's I think that's the difference when it comes to a larger coffee shop like Starbucks. They just can't manage to um, supply enough independent water to function for the day. So I was satisfied with what I heard, and uh, I got myself a cup of coffee, so that was very cool. Uh, but then a little bit later on in the afternoon, I decided maybe I wanted to grab another cup of coffee and sit outside and do some reading. It is my day off after all. Uh, I, just, I visited another coffee shop, one of my local favorites. And um, I again asked before I ordered uh, exactly what they were doing uh, due to the boil water notice since they were indeed open. And um, they had several drinks off their menu that were crossed out that they could not make. So um, that was definitely, uh, the boil water notice was affecting their output in that regard. And um, they just had regular drip coffee available, so I got that. I was super happy and satisfied with that. They make an excellent, uh, just regular old uh, cup of coffee with their house blend. And as they were pouring that cup of coffee, I asked, I said, uh, do you guys just have an alternate water source, or how are you managing that in the back? And they said, yeah, they had like a five-gallon tank of water that they were using in the back. So I don't know, maybe they just had like a um, a small keg of water. Perhaps that's what they were doing, because like they could have like a five-gallon, what they call a sixth-ill keg when it comes to beer. But perhaps they just got a whole keg full of water, and they were running from that for the day. That would probably... Uh, that would probably make sense, so perhaps they were doing that. So I was impressed. I found a couple of local coffee houses that were adhering to the boil notice properly, um, uh, being safe, um, going the extra steps to uh, provide clean water in their drinks, and uh, I was able to get myself some coffee today. So uh, 
that was fun and uh, it was interesting just uh, learning more about what these places were doing. Um, I know I had read about some bars that were, you know, of course, serving bottled water and not using using plastic cups and things like that because they don't want to, have to can't really wash anything to, uh, in the in in the water and it's not going to be sanitary enough for uh, uh, the purposes of. Uh, like uh, food and drink serving. So um, local bars have adapted, of course, but when it comes to with uh, like a coffee house, which relies so much on water, it was interesting to hear more about uh, what they were doing. Now, at this point, I'm sure everybody's asking themselves, why is this guy rambling on about coffee and a boil notice? Well, I really wanted to bring this conversation today around coffee and the events of today just kind of contributed to that. Now, um, I have an, a little bit of an interesting history with coffee. I don't know, perhaps this is how kids feel, or perhaps this is just how it was in my own childhood, but of course, you know, when you're a kid, you take a sip of your mom's and da mom or dad's coffee, and you're like, oh, that doesn't taste very good, you don't like it, of course, because um, just not used to that bitterness. And you think you're never going to drink a cup of coffee and uh, it's just never going to appeal to you. That's kind of the way I felt with my first sip. And um, I don't really think that changed much until probably closer to my 20s. I don't even think I was really drinking coffee in my teenage years all that much. But one thing I know is that I always really, really liked the smell of coffee. Uh, kind of odd that I really didn't care for the taste, but I always really gravitated towards the smell. I remember my father used to go, used to go and uh, buy a newspaper on the weekends near uh, White Hen. There used to be a White Hen uh, very close to our house where I lived uh, back in the Chicagoland area. I don't think I don't think White Hen exists anymore at all, but White Hen used to be. Uh, a chain of convenience stores and he'd go buy that paper and I swear the paper always kind of smelled like coffee when he brought it home and it always it always white hand always kind of had an air of coffee because they were probably always making coffee like a convenience store does and uh, that really appealed to me and even before I started drinking coffee on a regular basis I always liked walking even walking by a Starbucks because the smell of uh, coffee brewing out of the place. Uh, always really, I really enjoyed the smell, even though I really wasn't much of a coffee drinker. And at first it was drinking from places like uh, maybe perhaps McDonald's or even Dunkin' Donuts because they'll put the cream and sugar in there. And cream and sugar kind of dilutes the taste of the coffee directly. But then when I got more of the, like uh, in the corporate world and the professional career, I just drank a lot of black coffee because there's a coffee machine around, it was free, and uh, usually if you're busy working or something like that, I just didn't want to take the time to mix cream or sugar in there, so I would just fill up my cup and go back to my desk. So I did drink a lot of black coffee, but then I started exploring with other coffee drinks, and my first drink that I really went for was a cappuccino. Like I said, I, I think I had tried a couple of like mochas or frappuccinos or stuff like that, and, or blended coffee drinks. And like I said, I, they were just a little too sweet for me. I do have a sweet tooth, so I can't say that that was because of it. But it was like uh, just the coffee and sweetness combo never appealed to me all that much. 
but I went try, wanted to try a cappuccino, and I really did. Uh, I found the the milk and coffee combo to be pretty good. I mean, it has its foundation in like a coffee and cream sort of. It's milk. Milk is just a thicker, creamier component. What I really ought to do is just start making coffee at home and pour some milk in it, but I am lazy, so what are you going to do? But I had cappuccinos for a while, but then I realized that there was cappuccinos were just a lot of foam and a little bit of liquid. So I was always going to Starbucks and I get myself a cappuccino and it felt like the cup was about half full because half of it seemed to be foam and then there was like half, only half of it was liquid. I just kind of felt like it was, uh, I was getting ripped off on all of this foam. I mean, the foam was fine. It was good. And I'm like, I felt like I just wasn't getting enough liquid with it. So that's when I upgraded to a latte. And a latte is basically milk and uh, espresso, just like a cappuccino is, but it's much less foamier. It's, the milk is just steamed. It's not steamed enough to make like a foam. So there's definitely more liquid. So it's espresso and then uh, steamed milk. So you're definitely getting more liquid in there. But if you don't watch the ratio, then you're going to get a lot of milk to just uh, a couple of shots of espresso. And this all just depends on how much coffee taste you want coming through. Um, and also you've got to watch your cup sizes because sometimes the difference between one size and the next is not going to be the number of shots of uh, espresso coffee, but just how much milk you're going to get. Like two sizes could actually have the same number of shots. So basically you're just paying extra for more milk. If that's your jam, then great. But if you're looking for something different, you might, or if you're looking for more of a coffee taste, you might be better off sticking with that same size, not going with the bigger size, sticking with the same size, but just adding another espresso shot. And eventually that's what I started doing was I was upgrading my number of shots in my drink. Uh, like I might get the largest size drink, but if there was only two shots in there, uh, I would add maybe a couple extra shots of espresso for more of a coffee forward taste to it. Uh, this was especially big like with uh, Starbucks and their rewards program. When I would get a free drink, that's when I would really unload because uh, you're paying for those extra espresso shots as well. And then eventually I said, the heck, I do like, I still like a latte for sure. Uh, but uh, nowadays I'm like, the heck with the steam milk, why am I paying for milk? Uh, let me just get as much coffee as possible. And uh, with a, usually with Americano, the price is more, much more reasonable than a latte anyway. It's uh, And you're getting more coffee taste if you want more coffee. And an Americano basically is the same espresso coffee shots, but with just wa hot water added to it to uh, dilute that strong espresso coffee a little bit. So instead of milk, it's just water that's diluting the coffee just a tad so it's not like super, super duper strong. Um, so I can find I can get my I, I find I can get myself a like a, a five shot Americano. Yep, that's a lot of a lot of espresso. I get myself a five shot Americano and um, it's usually uh, much cheaper than it would be for like a five shot latte. So I've graduated to an Americano. That's usually what I go with 
uh, these days if I'm not drinking just a regular drip coffee or a cold brew. I found a... Uh, I do like iced coffee now as well, much more than I used to. I used to be all about hot coffee all the time, no matter what the weather was. Like, I just didn't, iced coffee didn't appeal to me all that much. Um, but now I'm kind of into it, and uh, I do like iced coffee. But uh, if you find a good cold brew, a good cold brew is even better than iced coffee. Um, I do think there is a difference, and sometimes that cold brew just packs a more coffee-forward punch. And I just returned from a trip back to my hometown area. Uh, I traveled back to Chicago. Uh, I was supposed to see a show, but got it got postponed to kind of the last minute. But I still wanted a vacation anyway. I wanted to go back to Chicago to see some places, uh, mostly to hit up some food and drink spots. And uh, I definitely drank a lot of coffee. I was there, and... Um, I spent more on coffee than I have ever spent before, that is to be certain. Now, what is special about Chicago when it comes to coffee, you may ask? Chicago has the biggest Starbucks location in the world. Uh, again, I apologize if this feels like it's just Starbucks, Starbucks, Starbucks talk. Uh, I'm not being compensated in any way for talking about Starbucks. This is not sponsored content. Um, like I said, I'm just a big fan, and I, I own stock, so the, I'll disclose that. But uh, I'm not being sponsored by Starbucks or anything like that. But if they were to call, I am definitely down for taking their money. But basically, I really want to talk about the Starbucks Reserve Roastery that opened in Chicago a few years back. When I was back in Chicago, I never had a chance to go. So this was on my list of things to do when I got there. And I actually went there uh, two different days of the uh, six or so days that I was in Chicago. And I've spent more on coffee than I had spent in a long, long time. Um, Starbucks Reserve coffees are quite pricey, I know, because I've... I have had some reserves in other locations, uh, especially in Chicago, and uh, they have a clover brewing system, which I can't really describe or explain, but it's, uh, it's a unique brewing process, and uh, it makes a pretty darn good cup of coffee, and they're usually roasting some rare uh, coffees to put on that machine, and um I believe the, the I believe my most uh, previously my most expensive cup of coffee was I think I had one of the, their Jamaican roasts, uh, which was all I think Jamaica Blue Mountain. This was also on at the roastery. I had the Jamaica Blue Mountain cup of coffee, and they were charging like ten dollars for like a sixteen ounce cup of this stuff. So it's probably the most I had ever spent on a cup of coffee. Uh, up until this point, um, they had. Uh, flights of, uh, they had five different types of uh, reserve coffees on and at their experimental coffee bar, which is the floor where I spent most of my time. Yes, I said floor. There are five floors total. Uh, the top floor is actually has um, uh, an al alcoholic drinks made of coffee. Um, so they ha actually have an uh, like an alcoholic bar where they make drinks with coffee. 
They had a unique type of restaurant on one floor. Uh, they had an experimental coffee bar on another floor. Like I said, that's where I spent most of my time. Um, they have like a shop on the first floor with some unique stuff. I didn't really find anything too impressive uh, as far as their like shop stuff went. Uh, nothing that really stood out to me to be like super, uh, super unique or special. Um, although I did see a jacket that was uh, looked like it was made of like a like a burlap coffee sack kind of is how the jacket looked. Uh, but it was it was really unique. It wasn't drab or anything like that. But it looked like it was like a coffee bag or something like that. But it was made into a jacket. But the thing was like almost six hundred dollars, which was crazy. But it was kind of a cool jacket. But really, the main reason I wanted to go because I really I really wanted to try have like some unique coffee experiences. So that's why I hit up the experimental coffee bar. Uh, they had flights of like you could pick th three different coffees from the uh the five that they had of the special reserve coffee so i did that one day that was like 20 some dollars for like uh you get eight ounces of each i did a cold brew flight uh which allowed me to try the actually did i go two days or three days now i can't remember I drank enough coffee for three days, but I probably did it in two. Uh, I did a flight of, um, it might have been three times, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Um, but I actually did a flight of uh, different cold brews. I did. They had a barrel-aged coffee. Uh, this is not like barrel-aged beer. There was no alcohol in the coffee, but it was... The coffee was aged on bourbon barrels, so you did get a sweetness. You get like you got like the sweet flavor of a bourbon in the coffee. That was a very unique sip. And uh, out of the three cold brews that I had, uh, I, it was a it was a uh, basically it was a cold brew. Uh, you got a cold brew, a nitro cold brew, and then this barrel-aged one. The barrel-aged one might have been my favorite because that it was really interesting having that sweetness of, uh, like, the boozy sweetness of a whiskey, but without the alcoholic kick, and that really kind of added to the coffee. And I'm still not sold on the idea of, like, nitro coffee. I don't know. Uh, it changes up the mouthfeel. But I feel like it takes, I don't know, something about the mouthfeel, I feel like takes away from the coffee flavor. It's its odd. I don't, I don't know. I'm not sold on it. Uh, I usually just don't order a nitro cold brew because I wasn't impressed in the past when I got it. So I usually just go with a regular because usually nitro is more expensive anyway. But I'm just not sold as to what nitro adds to the experience. But it was cool to get like a flight and try all of them differently. Then I also went and did um, uh, another day. I did a flight where I did uh, the same coffee, but prepared two different ways. So uh, one was in a French press and the other, I believe, was a pour over. And uh, I am really sold on a French press, man. I feel like uh, I need to find a coffee shop that does French press all the time. Um, or maybe I even need to like buy a French press from home and started uh, and start 
doing French press coffee at home because French press was really, uh, really good. It was it's cool to like try the same coffee prepared two different ways and notice the differences. I just noticed a much more forward flavor, much more roastiness when a coffee was prepared in a French press than the pour over. Like the French press was leaps and bounds better than the pour over. So um, I don't think I've had enough French press coffee in my day and I need to adjust that quickly, I think. And then at one point I just went and had myself a 16 ounce pour over of a uh, one of their reserve coffees, and that ran like $8.50. So this is, uh, it's kind of pricey, uh, but it's kind of like a, you know, once in every while experience. Like I said, if you, if you really are a big coffee drinker, uh, it's just a very cool place to see. Uh, they roast bean, they roast coffee beans right in house. They have a big old, like, pipeline thing that goes all the way up from the top floor down to the first floor. There's a person that does like bean roasting right there on site, so you can see that. And it's just, it's very much kind of an experience to be had. Uh, I didn't hit up the restaurant for all like the, the, they got food much beyond what or like a regular Starbucks has. They have all the stuff that a uh, Starbucks usually has, but then they have like a full on unique menu and a whole like dining experience. Not really like sit down, wait table dining experience, but they have a huge, men much larger menu with different types of food and stuff like that. So maybe if I make a return trip, I will try to take a look at that stuff. Uh, Starbucks has never really been huge with me when it comes to their food. Never been all that impressed, although the pumpkin cream cheese muffin has been really, really good uh, this year. So that has been a bright spot in their food selection. Like uh, if they made that thing a year round thing, I would be in heaven. The pumpkin cream cheese muffin is really, really a jam. Uh, but but yeah, it's definitely worth going. Like I said, it's a little bit pricey, but it's it's an experience as much as it is just joining. You're not going to go there to like sit and study, although people seem to be hanging out for a little bit, but that's really not. There's plenty of seating, multiple floors. Like I said, this is the biggest Starbucks location in the world, but this is definitely kind of experience. And if you're a big coffee fan and... Uh, like trying different things and uh, having a unique coffee experience, I highly recommend checking this out. If I go back to Chicago anytime soon, I will make it a point to go there probably. And um, hopefully, it, it, it's, it, it was not at all super crowded. Um, Chicago right now, you need to be vaccinated and uh, to go in and dine in anywhere. Uh, so... Perhaps that is, uh, I mean, so, so there was, there was a decent amount of people in there all the times that I went, there was only one time where I wanted to go in and there was kind of a line waiting to get in, but right now it's not super crowded. So if you get the chance to go, uh, anytime soon when you're in the Chicagoland area, perhaps it won't be super crowded, but, um, uh, it's been nice. Yeah. Cause I know it's pr at times it's probably going to get super crowded in the future for sure with all the tourists and everything like that on Michigan Avenue, but perhaps the cold temps are keeping people at bay as well. But, uh, yeah, that was my thoughts on the Starbucks reserve roastery and, uh, just my thoughts on coffee in general. Like I said, this was a departure from the usual episodes 
but I felt like uh, this experience was something worth talking about. And I am a huge coffee fan. I'm, I probably like coffee just as much as I like beer. So I feel like they are kind of related in some respects when it comes to uh, elements and uh, brewed beverages and whatnot. So uh, I hope you liked this departure and uh, I will talk to you in the next episode. That will do it for this episode of the Let's Sip podcast. I'm your host, Brandon E. Gaylor. Podcast theme music composed by Brandon E. Gaylor. Special thanks to Anchor.fm for hosting the podcast. Feel free to follow us on Instagram at Let's Sip Podcast. Thank you very much for sipping with us, and we'll drink with you again next time. Bye-bye.